This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. It's time for Emergence News on Plains FM 96.9, citizen-made radio. love to erase fear. Hello and welcome to Emergence News coming from Christchurch, New Zealand in the middle of winter from Plains FM on our community radio station. We're here today talking about the emergence of the Lord of Love, the world teacher for the new age and head of the spiritual hierarchy. Maitreya by name, he is also the fifth Buddha, holds the office of the Christ and leads his disciples, the Masters of Wisdom. Today we return to the subject, fear and its polar opposite, love. With me today in the studio are Nigel and Shafir. Hi guys there. Hello, how are you? I'm great. Peter. Um, So what aspect are you two covering today, uh, Shafir? What what aspect of this um, love and fear... Are you looking at? Well, I'm really looking at some of the things that the master, um, Benjamin Krim's master, has talked about about fear oh, great. and what causes it. Okay. And Nigel, what have you got there for us? Uh, well, I'll be looking at the world tension and anxiety as it grows. And of course, you know, if you think about nature at the moment, it's packing a punch. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Here in New Zealand, we've had record flooding in Westland, Westport. Marlborough, Wellington and Hutt Valley again. Yes. And, of course, on the other side of the world, in Europe, we've got Germany, the Netherlands and Belgium, you know, terrible That's storms right. there. It looks like everyone's getting a very good wash, don't mm, they? Mm. You know, for, um... So it all, it all engenders fear and anxiety. So, I, I, so I'll be talking about that later. But also, um, in addition to the reality of the fear, pain and anxiety, I'm also going to look at the message of hope that is slowly but surely emerging amongst us all. Fantastic. Um, I've been looking at um, uh, a lecture given by Benjamin Krem actually in San Francisco and also the Netherlands in 1989 called Overcoming of Fear. And it's funny, I just uh, saw marked in my book that I'd given this um, talk from the same lecture 20 years ago (laughs) in this very studio. Um, And uh, when we were doing um, a full moon meditation. So uh, it's uh, something that we've uh, been, has been with us uh, for a long time, obviously. Ben says that fear and pleasure are both the result of thought and do not exist outside of thought. The overcoming of fear is related to overcoming of the wrong use of thought. We lack the spontaneity to live, always depending on someone else for our happiness. We often are a bundle of fear trying to escape ourselves and the unknown, the biggest of which is death. Ben says that conflict begets fear. The competition that we build into our lives is fearful. 
Those who are parents know how difficult it is to educate a child without imposing our fear of life. We all do it. A child brought up without fear is probably the rarest child on earth, for it will be free of that conditioning. Every time we impose our desire on life, whether this desire for comfort, for safety, for absence of fear, we give it energy, we prolong fear by engaging with it. Ben says, our immortal being is what Maitreya calls the self and is the most important thing in life. It's what we call the soul, isn't it? Mm -hmm. As it uses the experience of time and space to realize the process of its becoming. That's quite a profound uh, thing for him to say, isn't it? It uses the experience of our life to realize the process of its becoming. It's, you can think about that for a while and you can try to work out, well, our becoming is becoming aware, becoming one with the soul, really, it means, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, becoming. So um, It's what we're moving towards. Yes, that's right. It's, uh, it's where we'll, we hope to be and where we will be when we're masters, which just seems a long way off, doesn't it? It is possible to change our view of ourselves, our identification away from the vehicles, the mind, body and emotions. Because if we can, we shall set ourselves free immediately from all fear. So um, I'll leave that there and we've got um, Shafir coming up next. Yes, that's right. Well, this week I've been reading some of the messages from the book A Master Speaks, which are a series of messages um, he gave to Benjamin Krem via telepathy, and which we've often featured on this programme. Several of his messages focus on fear, which of course is the root cause of anxiety and depression in its many forms. In his message about glamour, he says, The present is a time in which new types of energies are making their impacts on men's lives and creating conditions of bewilderment and confusion. The heightened tension of the time fosters the glamours of fear and destruction, erupting into violence of all kinds. And we're definitely seeing that, aren't we, all around the world? Shafir, when you use the word glamour, glamours, what, what do you mean? So I'm, I was just going to talk about it. Yes. Oh, good. <laughs> so we focused on glamour before, which from the esoteric teachings perspective is created from the thought forms we make and given energy by our astral or emotional body. This astral nature is highly developed in humanity and has the power to surround us with a fog of thought forms that obscure the clearer reality that lies above and beyond. How many of us spend hours, days or weeks imagining scenarios that are driven by something we dread or fear? Our anxiety about what might happen keeps the fear alive by the emotional energy we keep feeding it. This is glamour. I can remember uh, a time back when I was, my children were very young and um, I was a beneficiary and so very short of money. And, you know, I was always worrying about the fact that I wouldn't be able to pay the bill for the car or the registration or this. And, and I recognised that it actually didn't serve me in the end, you know. And I sort of took myself right back to the present time. And I used to say to myself, OK, well, today I have food in the fridge and I've got 
petrol in the car and today I'm fine. And that was a way of training myself not to be getting into this astral glamour of projection of fear, you know. And just, just sort of churning it over. Churning it over and, yeah. and you create, you, you, mm. we create this mm. sort of um, this glamour. Yeah, mm. that's right. And, and a lot of people do this. And so it was a really good training for me to do that and one I'm grateful for. In another message titled The Problem with AIDS, which was given at the height of the AIDS epidemic, the Master shares a wisdom and understanding which could easily be applied to our present COVID pandemic. He says, Man is far from realising the effect on his physical body of the growing power of his mind and its ability to cure or kill. Not for nothing is the saying mind over matter is known to all the races. Man's illnesses result from the imperfect use of the energies of his soul, which when imbibed or squandered find a deviant path for their expression and create disease. A cure will not be achieved until man has set his mind and world to rights and established a new relation to himself and his brother. So he's really giving us a hint of how we can actually um, change the way, by changing our thoughts, we can change our world and... We have to sort of start looking, don't we, at the world as it is and, and changing it. And our health as well is, is what you're talking about, isn't it? Yes, yes, he's talking about health. But, I mean, you know, it's the health of the planet, the health of ourselves. It's, it's it all is. the same thing, isn't yes, it, really? That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. And he, he goes on to say in another message about, he talks about the fear of change. And he says, without doubt, the greatest hindrance to change is the present state of mass consciousness. The masses of humanity are deeply fearful of changes, the outcome of which they cannot foresee. Nowhere is this more obvious than in the political field. Millions today live in conditions of abject misery and abuse, exploited by tyrants, masquerading as their leaders. Can humanity, humanity be persuaded to look on change with a bolder eye, to accept that the ills of the world must be cured or man will perish? For how long and how deeply must men suffer, taking action on their behalf? Because we've continued to elect governments and officials, both locally and nationally, who don't serve the people yes. for centuries. Yes, mm. we have, haven't we? we, when, are we go, when are we going to say enough is enough, Peter? Well, you know, I think a lot of them, of course, the dictators take control by themselves, don't they? They're not actually the will of the people. Um, and this is evident in, in many countries around mm. the world. Too. Mm. Yes, I mean, that message was given in December 80, 1987. And, and I think we are, you know, in this century anyway, we're seeing, you know, it's very relevant that what's happening today. But we are seeing humanity starting to stand up and wake up, aren't we? And sort of saying, actually, no, this is not for us anymore. We want to change. And we're seeing more and, young people protesting, yeah. more young people speaking up, and, and far more than when we were children. Yes. Yes, well, they're starting to think. I mean, whereas we weren't thinking... At, I wasn't at thinking age. politically at that no. age at I all. I wasn't either. No, no, we weren't. No, it was sort of... Uh, took us all our time to even think who we would vote for. I mean, you know, when we got to 21 in those days. Yeah, currently there's a lot of very politically savvy teenagers. Mm. And and I was just reading an article where um, the the cases that have gone to court about climate protection have arisen by about 50%, and it's nearly all driven by young people. Yes. You know, because they're seeing what the world is going to be like, you know, yes. and how it's going, you know, and we're not going to, they're not going to put up with it. And so when they become to maturity and they go into political life, we will see a great change, I think, won't we? Yeah. I mean, I speak to lots of people of my age and they'll just say, oh, we'll never see that happen. You know, there's almost like a bit They've of... They've given a, up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they have, yeah. yeah. 
So in another message, uh, the master talks about coping with change. He says, far-reaching though the changes must be, it must be realised that they proceed at a pace commensurate with man's ability to adapt. Naught will be served by a too eager attempt to force the pace of transformation. Radically, but logically, step by step, must the new foundations be built. On such firm rocks alone can the future st stability of society be assured. And it was really interesting because we've often talked about Jacinda Ardern being an initiate, and I remember her saying exactly the same. She said, you know, I have to take the people with me. You know, when people are pushing her, pushing her to, to, to be bolder, mm. you know. And But unfortunately, be, you know, if, you, if we're not bold enough... We're forced into being bolder, aren't we? You know, now we can see with what's happening, what you were saying earlier about the the world and what's happening in the world. I think we are being forced to... Open our eyes. Yeah, and be a lot bolder than, we ha than we've ever been before. So we know the opposite of fear is love, and we know that Maitreya is the great lord of love. And so I'll just finish with a, um, a little thing from the Master saying, Maitreya himself stands in the wings ready to emerge and face the ignorance of the time. He has gathered around him helpers from all continents, men and women of every race and creed. Together they are ready to do battle with ignorance and greed, selfishness and cruelty. They are certain of victory. So that is a message of hope. Oh, thanks very much, Shafir. <laughs> Thank you, Nigel. You've got uh, your piece now. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, Peter, I'm talking about fear and anxiety. And I um, had a good look at Benjamin Krem's book, My Trayer's Mission, Volume 2. And back in 1985, he was writing, do f he, well, he was answering a question, actually, and the question was, do fears and certain phobias originate in a previous existence? And I think they're... If you subscribe to reincarnation, that's the previous existence they're referring to. Mm -hmm. His answer was, if the fears do originate in a previous existence, then, of course, it would be of value to understand the circumstances of their arising. But, Krem says, the vast majority of our fears originate in this lifetime, mm -hmm. whether or not we can see consciously their basis. He continues to write about fear and fear of death. And Peter, you've touched on this already. It is the greatest fear, so strong that we do not even think about it. We push it down to the back of our mind, although we know that one day, finally, we will have to face this fear. But it is there in almost every situation in which we find ourselves. And it is tied up, I believe, in the corresponding fear of life itself. Isn't that incredible? Mm -hmm. That we fear life itself. The fear of death is a result of our conditioning. The fact that we separate death from life. Benjamin Krem then asks, what are these situations where someone will resort to hypnotism or self-hypnotism? What are the situations where a fear makes people rush to a cigarette? or to a drink every time they are faced with a situation in which they are afraid. Krem believes our educational systems are based on conditioning into competition. And we were, you were talking about that earlier. Mm. The, our, our parents condition us into competition, and so do our educational institutions. That's right. 
So we're made to compare ourselves competitively with everyone, everything, every situation we meet. This section on conditioning and the overcoming of fear, in my opinion, is a central reading. It's in Maitreya's Mission, Volume 2. It helps us to understand why the levels of anxiety, mental health issues, burnout and fear is becoming more obvious in more families, in more workplaces and in more communities. We hear in our news now each day the latest developments surrounding COVID-19, the pandemic. Also climate change, mega storms, wildfires, more abnormal severe weather conditions and forecasts on planet Earth. Yet, most of us have been ignoring these issues. The staggering toll of catastrophes, the rising death rates, are being mostly ignored by our population. The human mind does not do well with death. This is Krem's words. Mm -hmm. The human mind does not cope well with death, the concept of death. Consequently, most of us take a position of indifference. We distract ourselves. And how do we distract ourselves? Reality TV, pornography, violence, selfies. And this one touched a, touched a note for me. The insane levels of consumerism. It's a great distraction. Mm, it is. So we're trying desperately to deny what's right in front of our eyes. And I assure you, these words are not mine. They have been written by Benjamin Krem, as we've said, but these words have also been written and predicted by respected broadcaster and historian David Attenborough mm -hmm. and science broadcaster, Canadian academic David Suzuki for decades. I remember reading about David Suzuki back in the 1980s. Yeah. He's an amazing environmentalist. Mm -hmm. he has, they have been warning us for decades and they have been mostly ignored and dismissed, even Attenborough. Not because their science doesn't back it up, but because it makes us feel uncomfortable. Mm, it certainly does, doesn't it? That's, uh, that's where it hits us. Yeah. So we hear it and we say, oh, that's terrible, isn't it? Mm. But do we actually do anything about it? Mm -hmm. The only politicians to take this message to the people globally have been the Green Movement. But again, they are mostly dismissed and derided. Why? Because what if they're right? Mm. <laughs> yeah. What if what they predict is true? Then we all are going to need to employ a different way of operating particularly in the political and economic arenas. Mm. The world population is mostly watching our TV screens in horror, and then we turn away and distract ourselves from the truth. But what if the environmentalists are correct? What then? Does, this, does that mean that we need to stop generating wealth at the expense of cheap labour, at the expense of our natural resources, at the expense of the planet? Yet still, we all sit silently watching these distressing images on our TVs and hoping that our coastal properties will not sink in the rising tides. So this program, this radio program, Emergence News, is a program with a message of hope for the future. And history tells us that when we come to a crisis like this, mm -hmm. there is always a spiritual teacher that is walking amongst us. This is true. And we've talked about... A num we've talked about dozens of these teachers over the years on this program. The most incredible spiritual teacher is now among us, and yet the media, politicians, and the wealthy top 1% continue to make sure that the story of Maitreya remains hidden from the majority of us, the world population. The story of Maitreya and the Masters of Wisdom 
will throw a new and revealing light on some of the greatest problems humanity now faces. However, this message does demand that we change our habits. We need to change how we travel. We need to change our attitude towards power generation, the food we eat, the governments we elect. We need to change our behaviour, our farming techniques, our attitude towards how we farm our animals. We need to change our attitude towards our elders and the people who are suffering. And we need to change our attitude towards our planet. We have to stop destroying the lungs on our planet. Isn't it interesting, here in New Zealand, if you turn our TV or if you go online and read our news websites, our hospitals, our, our, our health industry is overwhelmed with children who can't breathe properly. Mm -hmm. mm. We have babies who literally can't breathe properly because they're breathing in pollution. The respiratory issues surround COVID-19, RSV. The solution is actually staring us in the face. We're abusing our home. Mm -hmm. We'll go back to Benjamin Krem. He writes that the distorted teachings of all the religious groups for centuries, that vast numbers live in guilt and fear. We've had 2,000 years of Christian teaching, and before that, thousands of years of Jewish, Hindu, and Buddhist teachings, which have filled humanity with fear, superstition, and guilt. And also separation. Separation from death and life. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Mind you, at least, I, at least with Buddhism, they don't necessarily teach the separation of death and life, do they? No. But there is hardly a person in the world today who is untouched by this disease, the disease of fear. Everybody is prone to fear. So what is the solution? Well, we suggest on this program that you find a book or a magazine about Maitreya, the new world teacher. His message of hope and his immediate priorities do actually hold the answers to all the problems that are facing humanity. If you can't find a book or a magazine, go online and read as much as you can about Maitreya, the world teacher, and the creation of a new and better life for all. It is a message of great hope for us all. Maitreya is awaiting the united call, the invocation from humanity to enter openly into world affairs. He will help us. He will guide us out of the present chaotic conditions. This is the Emergence News on Plains FM. For more information, go to shareinternational.org. The Need to Love from Share International by the Master through Benjamin Krem. From time to time, there arises in the minds of men the concept of love. The idea of love is a natural instinct which demands expression, engages men's thought, and steps are taken through argument and discourse to demonstrate that this is so. Thus it has been for millennia. The notion that love is somehow central to man's nature never fails to find adherence. Thus being so, it is not surprising that so little love finds expression in day-to-day -day activity of men. Almost without exception, men live in fear. They see the world and life as threatening and build an armour of defence against these threats. Thus do they limit their capacity to love. 
their love atrophies and dies or hides behind aggression and hate. Bereft of love, man sickens, conscious of his inner worth, unable to call it forth, man projects his fears and hates upon his neighbours and his world. When love rules, harmony governs. Without that harmony, naught may proceed with confidence. Failing confidence, little can be achieved. Fear inhibits the expression of love. Love annihilates fear. Seeking to express his love, but limited by fear, man loses his way. Lost in the quicksand, his struggles only serve further to entrap him. Wherein then lies the remedy? In order to love, man must trust. Where trust is not, love cannot be. Love arises spontaneously in the trusting heart, for love is the true nature of man. Learn then to trust and demonstrate the love which is ever ready to shine forth. Trust is the acceptance of life in all its pain and beauty. Trust is the sure knowledge that all is working towards the good that all is under law, and that the law is administered with justice. Learn to trust and banish fear, banish forever the mechanisms of limitation, and open wide the floodgates of love. Consider a world without love. Such hideous, hideousness appalls the imagination. Why should this be so? Instinctively, man recognises the need for love and soon will understand the need to love. He will come to know that love links him to all others in an endless chain. Tentatively, perhaps at first, he will begin to trust. Step by step, he will conquer fear. Then he will enter into that blessed state where fear has no place, where love sits calmly on the throne, bestowing its grace on all who come near. (laughs) 